Praise God. So uh, I've got some information to give you right after my message, after, right after the altar call. Don't leave it at the altar call. You're going to want to see what I've got, okay? So it's very, very important that you stick around. Praise God. Um, picking up where we left off a couple of weeks ago, uh, House in Order and uh, the Joseph Principle, talking about uh, the principles that Joseph uh, applied uh, in Egypt as well as some of the other lands surrounding in order to bring blessing, prosperity, and fruitfulness uh, in time of famine and in time of a drought. These principles he used were from the Word of God. They were applied uh, according to God's Word, and the result, those folks were blessed. The people who applied these principles uh, uh, experienced the blessing of God and provision, the miracle of God, in their, in their families, and in their lives. And so I want to uh, speak this morning on the Joseph Principle and start off with our text. And I'm going to move quickly to get through where we left off a few weeks ago and uh, finish off this morning. Third John 1, verse 2, simply reads, but powerfully talks to us about the principle of God's love. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things uh, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so uh, here the scripture's talking about the blessing of God, the fruitfulness, the, 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 the needs being met uh, in our lives according to God's word. And one of the premises that I uh, spoke about last week or a couple of weeks ago was that we must believe what God's word says. That's, that's so critical and important. And that in saying that, we must believe that everything that we are, everything that we have materially, every other way, our family, our wives, our husbands, our children, everything we have is from God, comes from above. Do you believe that this morning? Everything. We have to believe that, that he is the source. Because when we believe that he is the source of who we are, and what we've been blessed with and what God says he's going to do in our lives, the principles that we're going to be talking about, the Joseph principles, are going to be effective. They're going to work because of our faith in the word of God. And so uh, there's a famine in the land. I, the story speaks for itself. Chapter 47, the book of Genesis, if you want to turn there or read it when you get home. Verse 13 gives a perfect picture. It says there was no food, however, in the whole region because the famine was severe. Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away. And so this morning, the first principle we spoke about that we looked at was Genesis chapter 47 and verse 23. Joseph is speaking to the people. He's talking to them and he says this, Now that I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you to sow so you can plant into the ground. So in other words, Pharaoh, the supreme ruler in Egypt, allowed Joseph, the man of God. See, Pharaoh understood who Joseph was. He understood that Joseph worshipped Jehovah Jireh, 
the provider of heaven and earth. He understood that he worshipped the, the king of kings, the God above all gods, only one God. Pharaoh understood that, even though Pharaoh was an idolater, even though Pharaoh worshipped other gods, he put Joseph in place because he saw the hand of God upon Joseph. He saw the provision of God upon Joseph's life, and he said, that's the man that I want to be second in command in my kingdom and all the kingdoms I purchase because I want God's blessing. And so Pharaoh understood where blessing came from. And so now Joseph speaks to the people. He said, okay, you don't belong to yourself. Now Pharaoh has bought you. He's used me. I went around and bought your land. I bought your cattle. I bought you. You don't belong to yourself. Wow, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Where have I heard that scripture before? I think it applies to you and I. That we've been bought. We've been paid the price. Uh, Jesus Christ shed his blood for our sins. And we don't belong to ourselves anymore. Do you believe that? There's a few that believe it. As Christians, if we're born again, what we've done is acknowledged the, the King of Kings, the Son of God in our lives, Jesus Christ, that we no longer belong to ourselves, uh, that we are now children of God, and that He is our Father. Paul the Apostle per perfectly said that. He said, I have become a slave to Jesus Christ. He said, I've been purchased out of the slave market of sin. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Purchased out of the slave market of sin, no longer belonging to ourselves. And that's exactly what Joseph was saying. You guys, you are on your way to death, on your way, your children, your family, your cattle, your lands were going to be wasting away. But Pharaoh came and bought you and now I'm going to tell you what to do. You need to hear some seed. I need for you to plant it in the ground. So the first thing we talked about, I'm going to move quickly now, is a seed versus a need. In other words, human nature always wants to address our needs before we're obedient to the kingdom of God and giving to the kingdom of God, whether it's in our tithes, whether it's in our offerings. How many know that's true this morning? Because we're human. We have needs. How many have needs here? Every hand's going to go up, I guarantee you that. Every single person has a need in this place of some sort or another. And it's usually those needs take preference over what God is asking of us when it comes to our resources. Not, let me just clarify, not only just our tithes, our money, but it also comes in, in the area of uh, our time and our giftings because we have needs other places that we feel are more important that may be serving in the house of God, that may be uh, getting involved in some kind of ministry in the house of God because uh, this needs my time more. So we have to be careful because of human nature. We have a tendency to put our need first. Perfect case in point, 1 Kings chapter 17. It's the story of Elijah the prophet and uh, the widow in, a, in the city of Zarephath. God speaks. I'm not going to read it. Read it later on. Chapter 17, the first 16, 17 verses. God speaks to Elijah. He says, I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a widow there. She's going to meet your need. Elijah obeys God because he understands blessing comes from God. Provision comes from God. He travels all the way to the city of Zarephath, and he meets this widow. 
and there that widow is there, and the Bible tells us she's getting ready to uh, get her oil and her last bit of meal, make one last dinner, and then uh, because they're finished, they have no more resources, no more food, they're going to die. Elijah speaks to her and says, hey, I want you to make me a, 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 some, a, some dinner. Make me some bread. And she looks at him and says, I don't even know you, and you want the last of food that I have for me and my son? Because after we make, I make this, we're going to die because there's nothing else. Elijah spoke to her and said, I'll tell you what. If you do what I tell you to do, if you obey and do what I say, he said, God, the creator of heaven and earth, is going to make sure that your oil and your meal will never run out again. You and your son will live, and you'll not have to worry. But you feed me first. If you do this, God will bless your life. And we know the story that she did that very same thing. She gave him to eat, and the Bible says that as she went back and began to cook her own food, that it just started multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Church, I want to tell you something. When we put God's kingdom first, uh, our needs are always going to be met. When we seek first the kingdom of God, all of his righteousness, uh, the Bible says these things shall be added to you. Seed versus need. The widow woman, her seed was her oil and her meal. She planted that, uh, made it uh, for the man of God. The Bible says a miracle occurred. How many want a miracle in your life? A miracle in your life, in your family, whether it's in your finances or even your health or any other aspect of your life, God will always come through. Second thing is planting the seed. We understand the process of sowing and reaping. Joseph told the people, go plant the seed. They could have given it to their animals, but they obeyed Joseph. You see, there are principles that we understand that uh, the Bible speaks about give and it shall be given unto you. You can't receive unless you plant. We understood, we did arithmetic a couple of weeks ago. How many like math? That's right. I don't like it either. Nobody likes math. Zero plus zero equals what? See, we're all smart people here. No worries. Zero e plus zero equals zero. What you sow, you reap, the scripture says. If you don't plant anything, how many know? You're not going to. Come on, don't be afraid. You can say it. Reap anything. You're not going to get anything back. There has to be seed sown in order for production to take place. Whatsoever a man sows, the scripture says, what? That is what he's going to reap or get back. And so the people obeyed Joseph and they did what he said to do. Just like that widow woman did what Elijah asked her to do. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. You see, when we do that, when you plant the seed, multiplication takes place. It happens. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10, For God, who gives seed to the farmer to plant, and later on good crops to harvest and eat, will give you more and more seed to plant and make it grow, so that 
You can give away more fruit from your harvest. There's a, a lot of principles there, but I want to key in on the multiplication process. When you sow what you have, people, too many people say, well, when I get, then I'll sow or I'll give. But you're missing the whole principle. When you give what you have, that's what God begins to multiply. That's where the miracle takes place. That's where faith comes in to sow or to give what you have now, not what you're going to get in the future. And God gets involved now in your life and begins to work miracles. You see, the, here's the principle. God has no problem getting resources to you, but the problem comes getting the resources through you. We understand that. Because, you know, God's a blesser. How many believe that? God meets needs. We know that. We understand that. But it's when our needs are met, God begins to bless us. How many know we kind of get stingy a little bit? Kodo. You know, we don't want to let go. We hold on to it very, very tightly. The Scripture says here that as you sow... God begins to give you more and more. Right? That's what it said. Why? So you can pocket it, hide it, stick it in your stash? No, he says, so you can give more away. Wow. You see, that's the sowing and reaping process. God wants to bless us so we can bless other people, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Number three, expect the harvest. So when you sow, you're obedient, you put God first, you have to expect God's going to bless, God's going to meet my need. Don't quit. Don't stop expecting. Joseph expected the harvest enough to feed Egypt in all of the lands that he purchased for Pharaoh. So what's the key of expectation? Don't lose patience. Don't stop believing. Don't stop expecting. Here's where people fail when it comes to being blessed of God. Over a period of time, well, it's been a long time. You know, I started tithing last week and I'm still broke. You know, I made my first pledge a couple of weeks ago and nothing's happened yet. Don't lose patience. There are many who've been sowing and sowing for years and years and there's been that process because, you know, when you plant, you don't get the fruit immediately. The, the, the plant doesn't grow. The, the crops doesn't, don't grow overnight. There's a process, and we rob ourselves. Too many times we miss out on blessing simply because of impatience. Listen to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. The writer of Hebrews says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. You see, too many times we become slothful or lazy in our patience in the area of trusting God. We start to doubt and we start to pull back, fall asleep on our discipline of, of continuing to press forward and believing God and trusting God. Joseph believed God for every need to be met. And it was through the harvest time 
Remember, there were seven years of plenty and then seven years of lack. And through all those times, Joseph never stopped believing. You know, too many of us stop believing when we're blessed. Well, I'm blessed now. I got what I need now. That's enough. I don't need, I don't need to, to, to trust God for anything else. And you lose perspective of what God has given to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Would you say that word with me, patience? Patience. patience. We need patience, folks. Some of us don't want patience, but we need it. And God has a way of teaching us how to be patient, doesn't he? God has a way, because he knows the heart. He knows, he knows what's inside. And he knows what we'll do if we get what we've been praying for. He knows how, how we'll handle the resources or the gifts that we've been believing God for. And he says, no, I need to work on you just a little bit more. I need to discipline your life just a little bit more. I need to make sure that when I bless you, you're going to know what to do with that blessing. You're going to be faithful with that blessing. And so Galatians 6, 9 says, So let us not become tired of doing good or weary of believing or continuing to have faith in God's Word. That's what we're talking about. For if we do not give up, the time will come when we reap the harvest. See, impatience kills the harvest. When we're impatient, we care what God's trying to grow in us. Let's move on. Principle number four, it's the give back principle. Give it back. Well, I just got it. You want me to let it go? Yeah. So, give back into the source of the blessing. That's a principle that Joseph spoke to the people about. And guess what? Even Pharaoh, the heathen, the idolater, the Egyptian ruler even understood that principle. In Genesis chapter 47 and verse 24, it says, but when the crop comes in, in other words, when you're blessed, when what you've been praying for, God blesses you, give a fifth of it to Pharaoh. Wow. A fifth, 20%, not even 10%. Give a fifth back to Pharaoh. And in verse 25, Listen to what, after, after Joseph told them that when you get blessed and your crop starts to grow, give 20% back to Pharaoh, what would you do? You're, ah, 20%, what, that guy's crazy. He wants 20%, how about start negotiating? How about seven? Oh, okay, nine. Well, maybe 10. No, they didn't do that. Listen to verse 25. Verse 25 says, the Egyptians... Gave it with joy. Why did they give it with joy? Listen to what they said. Because they said that Pharaoh saved their lives. They were happy to give 20%. Because if it wasn't for Pharaoh, they'd be starving to death and dying of thirst and their cattle and lands would be gone. And so 20%, no problem, because you saved our life, Pharaoh. Wow. Let's fast forward to the 21st century here with you and I now. All God says is that here's the tithe. 
10%. And some of us go crazy when it comes to 10%. But I think about it. The Egyptians, the heathens, were excited to give 20% because Pharaoh saved their life. Are you excited because Jesus saved your life this morning? Are you excited because once we were lost, but now we're found? We were lost dead in our trespasses? How much more should we be joyful that Jesus gave his life for us? That he is healing our families, our marriages. He's healing us spiritually, physically, working miracles in us. We should be overjoyed. And all he says is just bring a tenth into the, into the storehouse, a tithe. And not only here on this earth is he blessing us and saving our lives, but yet we are promised eternity with him. Think about that. The double blessing in our lives. And they gave it with joy. What is your attitude when it comes to paying your tithes, giving your tithes? How do you view that? When you give your tithes, or do you give your tithes? You see, if the pagans could joyfully give to Pharaoh, then why can't the saints of God joyfully give back to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? So the question is, are you giving what is right? Or are you giving what's left? That's what we have to ask. And Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you to do. See, when we obey the word of God, blessing comes. Principle number five, I touched on it already. We'll move on. Bless others. When God blesses you, God expects you to bless other people. You see, think about Joseph and all that took place and what he did to accomplish the miracles that, that God worked through him to provide for all those people in all those lands. It impacted his own family. When you tithe, you bless others. Too many people think that when I tithe, then God's going to bless me back. God's going to give me back in monetary form or whatever other area of, of blessing that we're expecting. But you know, do you ever stop and think about when you tithe that maybe that God's going to do something in your family? Because the Bible says that Joseph's family came in. Because of all that was taking place there in Egypt, they heard about it. And they had to come to the source of where the provision was. And Joseph's family came in. Do you ever stop and think about your family and your tithing or lack of it? That maybe it impacts and has, has a way of impacting that situation? We have to stop and think about that. When I don't tithe or when I think I don't need to tithe... Is it only, am I only robbing God? Yeah, you are. That's what the scripture says in Malachi, doesn't it? Yes. Tithes and offerings. But you know who else you're robbing? You're robbing yourself. And you're robbing possibly the potential salvation of your family. Because that's what happened with Joseph. Because of these principles that he applied and started to put into practice, because of his faithfulness to God, God was faithful back to him. God is always faithful, folks. 
God is always faithful in every way, shape, and form. And then number six, the last one, trust in God's anointing. Trust in God's anointing. That's what Pharaoh did. He said, you go to Joseph and you do what Joseph says. Why? Because Pharaoh saw the anointing of God upon Joseph's life. He saw the grace of God, the goodness of God upon Joseph's life. And he said, I'm not touching that. You go to Joseph because he's the one that God is using for the miracles. We see that principle in the gospel of John chapter 6. When there was a boy with the fish in the lo- fishes and the loaves that needed to be multiplied to provide and to feed the people, and they brought it, they picked it up, brought it to Jesus, and he put it in his hands, and he prayed, and there was multiplication that took place and left over as we read. When you obey God, you see, when we stand up here as men of God and preach, these are words and principles from the Word of God, not man's Word, but from the Word of God. And when you do according to God's Word, not man's Word, but the principles of God's Word, I guarantee you anointing is there and God will multiply back into your hands. It's a spiritual principle that Nancy and I have practiced from the beginning of our salvation 46 years ago to now. In every, every way in our lives, experiencing popcorn for dinner to good stuff for dinner and everything in between throughout those years, we've always put God first in our lives. Difficult, hard, I get it, but God is always faithful to bless and provide in every way, shape, and form. So the question we have to ask, God is not, not so much that is God a blesser, but will you apply the principles of God's word in your life so that you can experience the blessing of God? I close with Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Here's a challenge to every single one of us here this morning all of us, if we believe God's word, if we say that we are Christians and that we believe what God's word says and who God is and that everything comes from God, well, then listen to what the scripture says. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then it says, and then you will be prosperous and successful. And then, not before, and then. Some of us want before, and then we obey. No, 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 it doesn't, not the way it works. Scripture says, put God first. Obey the word of God first. Let the word of God be a part of your life first. Apply it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. As we bow our heads this morning, and we close our eyes, our our music ministry makes the way to the platform. See, these are principles according to the word of God. And when we apply the principles 
of God's word to our lives. In spite of what we feel or think, God can't help but bless and provide. Mm -hmm.